0: How old is Tim Duncan? No. 37.
1: That's about my age, Amy. I'm,
0: I'm sorry. I'm just doing the little Google searchy thing. Google! Search for porn! No, no, I'm not doing that.
2: I am. Google! Please. Second 2013 this is episode 56 of yet every week wednesday night right here at yetanothertechshow.com check it out i'm matt lee joining me tonight we got ant pruitt what's up ant
1: hey what's going on matt
2: we got chris miller what's up chris miller
3: happy good evening
2: we got larry press howdy larry
3: hey, you guys good My- to see y'all
2: Mike Rothman. How you doing,
4: Mike? Good evening, guys. Good to be here.
2: Patrick Jordan. What's up, Patrick? Hey there. Doing well. Richard Hay. Rounding it off. What's up, Richard? Doing well. Excellent. Quite the cast. Goodness gracious. I hope we don't break hangouts this evening. Uh, And if we do, hey, ain't nothing new. This is just another day in the life of a Yats podcast journalist panelist. So uh, you should join up on the Google Plus community. That's where we post stuff throughout the week, as always. Uh, and like I said at the top of the show, check out the site. Yeah, show dot com. Let's start things out. A couple of you guys went to Maker Fair. We mentioned that last week. Uh, Richard, you had a piece up on a new dot net about it. Uh, why don't you give us a, a quick report uh, on on the Maker Fair?
0: Uh, you and Mike. Ah, uh, sure, sure. That's the. Yeah, so um, let me see if I can, uh, I don't know, is there a way to bring up a screen share? Can I do that?
2: I'll do it. Just tell us all about it.
0: Okay, yeah. So the, if we just go through the photo gallery uh, that I just posted, uh, basically, uh, you know, the, the Maker Fair was founded uh, by Make Magazine, and they had their first Maker Fair about six years ago in San Mateo, uh, and that was the first one, but they've had other ones in all over the world, London, and I mean, Detroit, New York, and so on. So it's, uh, it's a really fun place. So this is, uh, this is one of the things they had this year was Arc Attack, where you had two big Tesla coils and then a guy with a metal helmet grounded behind him and a guitar that every time he played the guitar, the plasma arcs would scream out and hit the helmet. So I have no words. Wow. <laughs> but just cool. So that was uh, that was one of the one of the things they had there. They also had um, uh, this is like they had these little cupcake cars. So they had this whole little make thing where you could turn a lazy boy into a little cupcake car. And uh, but you can't. They don't work without the hats. So in other words, if you're driving around. You have to wear the silly hat too.
2: Well, of course.
0: Yeah, or else the cup. See this little hat here. Yeah, that, that that doesn't work unless you're wearing the hat.
1: Wow. Oh.
0: So, uh, yeah, so then there was, uh, there was Cupcake Cars, there was Architect, you had uh, some other things like electric cars, there was uh, drone demonstrations, they had Arduino, Tiny Wino, uh, you know, Raspberry Pi demonstration, oh, Maker Pair, always fun.
1: Maker uh, Pair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, good times. This was a life-size mousetrap game. That's uh,
1: what uh, I-
2: Eric, Eric Schimelfanig was telling us about that. I couldn't believe it, but that's... That's literally life-size mousetrap. That's amazing.
0: It literally is, yeah. Uh, and then uh, let's see what else. And they had like a, they also had like a Beagle boards. That's like another kind of uh, Arduino or Raspberry Pi type uh, small board computer. This, of course, is the uh, MakerBot's uh, you know, logo symbol of, of the MakerBot.
2: This is the actual MakerBot.
0: <laughs> that is. Well, they have a, a, a 3D printer that's called the MakerBot, but this is kind of the logo. Of,
2: of the course a robot petting zoo. Oh. Very nice. Of course, for example.
0: <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> yeah, so and, and Mike was there too, so maybe he can add some more. I,
4: I wish I could add something substantive. I was one of the lucky <laughs> ones who heard Leo Laporte announce on Twit that he was giving away tickets to Maker Faire. I sent in an email and received uh, two tickets to the event, uh, and... Uh, then made my first mistake to, uh, inviting other members of my family to go with me. Mm. That got me lost in logistics nightmare, and we didn't end up getting to the fair until about one thirty Sunday afternoon. Logistical then,
0: hell, if you will. That's I mean, it, it, it. it is oversubscribed. The queuing algorithm is not very good.
4: Not very good. <laughs> and actually in the Santa Clara fairgrounds where the Maker Faire is held, uh, I think most of Northern California had assembled, and I wasn't able to move more than 10 feet in any direction without, you know, total congestion. So I didn't have a very good experience, but it's only because I ignored Richard Hayes' advice, which was to go early in the morning. So
2: Richard, I, I next just, year I
4: listened to you.
2: I just did a quick search just to see about how many people were at Maker Fair this year. Uh one of the numbers I'm seeing is 120,000 people. Does I that sound it. about right? Sounds like Yeah, lovely. no, I yeah, that's right. Wow. That's a lot of people. 120,000 people, goodness. So overall, was it did you uh did you see any 3D printed guns, anything like that? Oh,
0: well they they did have, well so what I saw a lot of, they do have a lot of 3D printers also um uh, the, uh, the other machines, the ones that are the subtractive rather than the additive, uh-huh. um, it was the, the I, I forget what they call those CNC machines. I think it is. Um, so they had subtractive CNC machines where they were carving things into wood or, or etching things. There was one, uh, laser etching, uh, guy that was, um, that was basically, uh, uh, doing free etchings on the back of your, of your tablet.
2: So really, he could just
0: provide a tablet and he would etch like a dragon on the back of it or something. oh that's
2: like that. that's kind of cool
0: that was fun and then there was a bunch of three d printers uh, oh there was a, a a pit with all the r two d twos uh there was a whole you know a lot of homages to uh sci fi stuff you know they had al nine thousand <laughs>
2: I and saw there was some, Yeah, uh, yeah. That was there cool. were
0: some Daleks running around and all this type of stuff. So,
2: what did you uh, what did you write about? You want to tell us? Give us a breakdown of the article you wrote? Or yeah, a, I, I, I wrote like, like
0: three articles. I wrote one about all the different sci fi references that there were. Sure, uh, Star Trek is Star that Wars.
2: was that different from other from previous years? Was there more focus because of the new Star Trek movie and stuff like that, or was it?
0: I, well, I mean, I, you, you know, you see people walking around. Some of them are in costume, like you know, like a guy dressed like a Wookiee or something like Comic
2: Con. <laughs> like furries, <reasons. laughs> it's a little
0: like it's not quite as is out there as Comic Con in terms of like having that be really the highlight, right?
2: The fursonas? Uh, were there fursonas there?
0: <laughs> uh, I didn't, I didn't feel out of place wearing my GoPro camera helmet. Let's put it that way. Okay, <laughs> okay fair enough. <laughs> uh, right, yeah. So uh, yeah, but um, uh, yeah, so it was fun. There was a lot of this kind of stuff, and I and I, I did see I, last year. I didn't notice the three the sci fi references as much, um, and then. I also wrote about just basically the General Maker Fair, and then I wrote another article. I, I really got lucky. I ran into I, I ran into like five of my colleagues from from Google. Oh, nice! And one of them was given a talk as one of the talks at the fair, uh, where he talked about him and his rocketry team that they uh, they constructed an am, an amateur rocket that went above a hundred thousand feet. Oh wow! To, uh, with uh, and then how they had constructed it and how they modeled it and how they ran a bunch of simulations to construct it and all this types.
2: And was this made from a th- like they three D printed it out and and launched well, it? Well, in this
0: case, they they bought commercially available mo- motors from Aerotech. Sure. Uh but the and, body uh, the, the, and this is like a, this is basically like a cylinder that takes a solid rocket propellant and then it has a nozzle. Uh, and then there's like a trigger uh, a trigger mechanism that you know ignites the fuel right
2: right but they printed Uh, out the body the fuselage and and whatnot
0: they didn't print the body they bought it whole so they didn't okay they they did make the shell casing for the motor and they they made the rocket right they made the 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 fins and and it was a two-stage rocket so it would go up and and then it was like an N motor in the bottom side and an m motor in the top side and the letters denote how much fuel it can hold.
2: And did the guy doing the laser etching laser etch anything on the rocket?
0: <laughs> no, that guy was in a different section of Maker Faire, <clears throat> sure. so that wasn't sure. uh, wasn't the same. It wasn't connected.
2: Okay. Well, anything else for Maker Faire, Mike, you want to mention, or should we move on?
4: Super cool event. I would love to have had the experience that uh, that Richard's describing. I'm going back next year. I'm I'm going to time my arrival to arrive half an hour before the gates open.
2: Right. You almost need to, it sounds like, I mean, 120,000 people, that's bigger than some concerts. You almost need to camp out the night before, it seems.
0: Yeah, well, I tell you what, I, I, I made a mistake, and I also didn't get in until about 1 o'clock, because uh, I basically, was, I got there at like 10:30 a.m., but I waited an hour to drive up and find out that all the parking lots were full, and I couldn't pay 20 bucks to like park 100 feet away, right?
2: You work at Google. Uh, you didn't have your automated car there dropping you off.
0: <laughs> I know. Seriously, I should have uh, had like the little the, the, the magic teleporter. It's like, right, teleporter in is that, is that no.
2: Beam me up, Scotty. Wait a sec.
4: <laughs> yeah, but uh, on Sunday at two thirty, uh, after scouring for. For parking, we finally found a place in Portland, Oregon, where we could park, and then we walked back to Santa Clara, California.
0: He's, he's, you think he's kidding. It's actually pretty close. Yeah, around.
4: they actually had to
2: hop a train there like hobos. Oh,
0: actually, I parked at Oracle <laughs> in Red, yeah, Red
2: nice. Redwood City. Funny enough, that parking lot, completely empty. Weird. <laughs> it, was, it was Saturday,
0: right? Oh, no, sure, sure, sure.
4: Oracle, right. didn't you end up feeling kind of grimy? Uh, Oh, come on now.
2: All right, let's move on. Uh, this isn't in the rundown, but I just found it. I think it'd be interesting for us to talk about. This is one of those every year uh, reports come out that are like, this is the next big thing, you know, a list of, of disruptive technologies and, and, whoops, and, and whatnot. So this one uh, is a report from the McKinsey Global Institute. They are a research arm of the consulting firm, Uh, They're looking at – they have a 154-page report that takes a dozen of the most disruptive technologies uh, out of 100. So they pick the top 12 out of 100 technologies, uh, and they say that by 2025, the top 12, led by the mobile internet, right, automation of knowledge work, and – Google Hangouts. And Google Hangouts. No, and (laughs) – the Internet of Things. These have the potential, they say, to deliver economic value up to $33 trillion a year worldwide. That's what their uh, research report found. Uh, Chris Miller, thoughts?
3: Um, once again, we have a company uh, putting out reports to be paid lots of money and get press over stuff they make up. Sure.
2: I'd like to get in on some of that $33 trillion Internet money. Give me some of that money.
3: I mean, we talk about stuff that's a month out or, you know, weeks out or just getting launched, but when you're talking years and years and years...
2: 2025, man. Come on. (laughs) Uh, The the McKinsey Report does include the estimated value of the social benefits of using a more efficient technology, like time saved. Uh, Such benefits, known as, quote, consumer surplus, are not included in conventional measures of economic output. So...
5: You know, one of the things you said was uh, was automation and knowledge work, right? Yep. Yeah, they, you know,
2: this week uh,
5: they just announced the first commercial application of Watson. So
2: medical? Uh, is it medical? What is it?
5: No, it's 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 believe it or it's something
2: uh, you loved call center automation. Really? <laughs> <laughs> of course. I was going to say either that or Watson is picking the Powerball numbers. I mean, <laughs> there you go. He's overqualified for both.
5: I mean, the claims they make and the language they use is uh, if it's not hype, then there's something going on there. But uh, no, it's going to be, they say there are 261 billion call center calls <laughs> per year half of which do not get resolved. The issue doesn't get resolved.
2: Yeah, but yeah. whose fault is I that? that I Hold on. I worked call center, and they are These all did. about the numbers. They're all about keeping the call times low. So no, you're, duh, nothing's getting solved because they're all about k- get them off. Get them off the phone. Don't
3: Matt, help them. Matt, you're the reason that 1,500,000 were not resolved. Yeah, yeah, right.
2: I was the most helpful person out there. I, I, they didn't like it because I was fixing problems. Yeah, that's the problem.
5: The people at call centers don't know their assets. Well, you should watch the movie Outsourced. It's
2: hilarious. (laughs) Yes.
5: I
4: I can't wait until the next time I'm really annoyed with, say, AT&T Cellular, and I call up their call center, and I wind up talking to a computer. I just cannot wait.
2: And you wind Uh, up playing a game of Jeopardy with this Watson character? No, man. This is going to be a special
5: case of the Turing test. Can you tell whether you're talking to a computer or yeah.
2: Now, see, that kind of bugs me, though, because it seems like Watson would be much better put to use. The resources, the computing there, doing medical diagnosis, stuff like that, not how may I help you fix your freaking internet. Like, come on. That's such a waste. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe
5: it's low-hanging fruit. Maybe it's that like $261 billion is a big market. A that's true. People- Plus, there are real liabilities. You know, people have been trying to do expert systems for medical diagnosis for, shit. I don't know, since the 1960s. But it's and just one information. Problem that, we- one problem that comes up is the liability. Right, you know, what if it gets it wrong? What happens if Watson tells somebody to take out their appendix?
2: Well, obviously, have you have the doctor there. It's a tool for the doctor because the doctor can take into consideration so many cases, but Watson can look at all of the cases and say, here's what I think. What do you think? That's what I thought should be used.
5: As far as I know, docs are not using expert systems. And, and they, like I said, my son, I don't know, remember those things up at Stanford, Mike? I mean, they've been trying to do medical diagnosis with expert systems since the 60s. Um,
4: and, and not yet with much success.
5: And, not, and as far as I know, no doctor is actually doing it uh, in the real world. You, you know, mean? that's an, another thing. They're talking about two models of, or two modes for, um, for models, I guess, of Watson in call centers. One is standalone and the other is as an assistant to a person. So that's more like the thing you're talking about with a doctor.
2: So you're talking about Watson just turned into Microsoft Sam, the little paperclip thing, right?
5: Yeah, only you know, a little more. It's a little more power it. Microsoft Bob.
2: Is that his new Bob? name? Microsoft Bob. it is. Microsoft Bob. <laughs> Micro Watson. No face, no, no face man. Just word, just sound. Just talk. That's but, awesome. I mean, they
5: make claims. They say in their release, you know, this is a, a the first of a new generation of cognitive computer that understands human language. I mean, I don't know.
2: Well, I'll tell you. I checked. Let's shift gears a little bit. Google Chrome got updated. Version 27 and up, if you got that, you can now tap the little microphone and talk to it. And I know like for me personally i have this mic set up and everything so i can talk like i'm talking to you guys and it it's flawless it knows exactly what i'm saying uh it's it's pretty pretty helpful for the most part but like, the, the technology's there. It just needs to be implemented well, in that There's in that two layers. One is
5: the speech recognition, and the second is what do you do with it once you've got it recognized? It
2: talks back he to say, you. It
5: recognizes it really well.
2: I say it. I said, well, and I don't, I don't know if maybe I'm missing a setting, but I can't say, okay, <laughs> Google. You have to actually tap the microphone button. It doesn't,
0: it doesn't support that yet.
2: Okay, thank oh, you. Really? So I tap the microphone button, and I say, where am I? And it tells you. You're in Kalispell, Montana. Oh,
0: you should do the one where you say, who am I?
2: Oh, here. Can we, can we <laughs> test this out? Go for it. Right here? Here. Google.com. What? So hold oh, on. Man. Hold on. You hit the thing right here. Who am I? Oh, no. Did you forget your name? Nah. Ha, ha, ha. Nice, Google. <laughs> hmm. Where am I?
3: Here's a map of Kalispell. Thank
2: you, Google. Very helpful. So, there you go. And, I mean, there's a ton. We'll put a link to a doc with uh, Richard, I believe. You posted a list of all the, the interesting little uh, commands that you can throw at
0: Yeah, I was, I was doing the little Scotty computer talking to the mouse thing all day where I was kind of, you know, just seeing what queries could I ask where it would talk to me back? Because a lot of them it won't.
2: Shakespeare's Macbeth. Did it start reciting Macbeth
0: to you? No, no, it did not do that. Okay. It said according to Wikipedia, it was a play by, by Shakespeare. Oh, well,
2: very helpful. Very, very hey, Rich, helpful. Rich,
5: in addition to, to just answering queries,
0: though, how is, this, is the speech recognition comparable to Dragon, for example? Uh, well, obviously, it's informed by the uh, the years of uh, training that they've had in terms of people using Android voice search. Well, and Richard,
2: yeah. didn't they use Goog411 to train it for a while, too? They also, oh, yeah. They, yeah, they
0: initially used yeah. it to where you would call the phone, uh, and then they would use, like, voice recognition.
2: And that right time. there, I think that right there allowed them to train it at an exponential rate, whereas Dragon, I mean, they, they were nowhere in sight after that point.
5: Is that true, though? I mean, have there been studies comparing the, just forgetting about the retrieve, the query answering, just the the uh,
0: speech-to-text, is it really kicking dragon's ass? Well, I had somebody posting today that it also understands French, right? So, uh, I mean, obviously, dragon's in multiple languages also, but...
5: Yeah. So it seems like that would be something that somebody should do, is like, you know, just try them both and see how they do what percentage of the words they get right and wrong
0: on just some arbitrary text. Yeah, Dragon has been around for longer, obviously. Yeah, for sure. You know, they've been out in the market since the '90s. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they have a lot, of, a long history of, of uh, having a strong voice recognition capability.
5: Yeah, but anyway, so nobody knows
0: of any sort of studies that try to compare them. Uh, in the hour and a half that I've been playing with it, sure, I have a comprehensive yeah. report. <laughs>
2: actually,
5: <laughs> double actually, blinded. What, what we should no, not you. I mean, somebody in Google must. Must do that kind of can stuff. somebody use twenty uh, percent
2: of their time and do this for Larry please thank you yeah really. email the crew at yet com when it's finished uh speaking about Google Patrick you had a question about Google keep
6: oh yeah, oh, yeah just uh, I, I think I, uh, I I found I like that app quite a bit more than I expected to Google like it,
4: keep I'm using it a lot is and awesome
6: it, and it it seems odd to me that you can't see your keep notes in the Google Drive app.
2: Oh, but you can. Go to drive.google.com keep. Go there yeah, right
6: in, in one of the mobile apps where I what? can't use, tell it. Use the keep app. Directory levels
2: down. Use the keep app. What are you talking about? If you're on mobile, you're using the app. If you're on your computer, you go to drive.google.com keep, and it's right there. Here, I'll show you. Actually, if uh, yeah, no,
6: I, I've, I've done both of those things. I, I guess it just seems a little inconsistent to me that you, you're in. You're it doesn't. In
2: China. I don't think they've finished rolling it out. Is what I think. I think eventually it should be in your drive. You shouldn't have to go to a separate page.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I'm um, saying. Right. Here's. like my, a little directory notes or something.
2: Here's what yeah. it looks like. If you go to drive.google.com, here's my keep. Uh, Just some, some notes. <laughs> Is Google autocomplete making individual search obsolete? It's just a little something I was thinking about. If, uh, if you search autocomplete and they're giving you recommendations, they funnel everybody's search into a set number of, of queries, and then you pick from that, it kind of takes the individual because they're breaking it down into into predetermined. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, it was just a dumb thing, but anyway.
4: Well, what's the special sauce with Keep that would cause a uh, Evernote user to move?
2: Note to self. Open Google now and say note to self. Remind me. This and that. I think for me, that's what it is. I stopped using Evernote completely once that uh, came available.
1: The problem I have with it is I can't figure out a good way to organize Google Keep. As I can. With, uh, I'm a spring pad guy, and I can make specific folders for whether it's personal use or work use, lock them down, make them public, that kind of thing. I don't think
2: and, Keep's made for that, or not yet at least, right? Yeah, that's and what this I'm, is, I'm assuming.
1: It's coming down the road, Keep you is, know, especially with Drive being right there as a separate folder when you browse to it. You know?
2: Right, and I mean Keep's early. is Is it beta? It's not beta, right?
1: It, yeah, doesn't, it, can't be. it
2: doesn't say beta on here. so. Well,
1: but, then again, it's a first iteration. so. You right. know Gmail was beta, beta for beta five years. Stuff. <laughs> what,
2: what, Richard?
0: Gmail was beta for five years. Some yeah.
2: people, you can uh, still actually have it beta. If you're in labs, you can turn that on.
6: Anyway.
0: Evernote uh,
6: is really, really feature-rich and, and powerful, but the, the one weakness I think with Evernote is it, it's always had a horrible UI for actually really? writing and editing notes. Mm-hmm. And the Keep UI is like really light and simple, yeah. so I, I think it's just nice and quick to use Keep for little notes. But Evernote is more of a powerful, you know, store everything for a long time, go back and find it. It has big time OCR capabilities, so you you can't uh, you're able to not just search among text, but you take a photo of a McDonald's outlet. You know what? McDonald's three years later, and it'll find it in an image, not just in text.
2: Didn't didn't Google just add that? Drive got updated, the Drive app, and I saw something about... You have
1: scanning capabilities now.
2: OCR now, right. (laughs) uh, Right. Yeah, but Evernote's
6: been doing that for...
1: But, right. know,
2: well yeah right. how long is Evernote yeah exactly and I don't know for me because I'm in the Google ecosystem I have my $5 a year 25 gigs or whatever so it makes more sense for me to use another Google product rather than pay for an Evernote subscription pay for uh, uh, an Audio or an, uh, a Mog subscription when I can use Google All Access which we'll talk about here in a minute because I got my trial on and I love it oh I love it it's so good <laughs> So yeah, drive updated. Uh, it looks gorgeous, man. They uh, this is just on the Genex. If you guys can kind of see that there, they brought the UI up to speed with everything else. Yeah, it uh, looks like cards and, and stuff. Oh yeah, it's it's beautiful. I like what they're doing with all of their uh, their UI tweaks and everything. Getting everything up to par with uh, with Plus. <laughs> so good to see. Good to see. Uh, Patrick, you, uh, we'll talk about Google Music All Access now. You want to mention you got a new phone? You're uh, kind of an Android guy uh, now, maybe?
6: Yeah, I did, I did use my iPhone upgrade to swap to a Galaxy Note 2. The, the Note Baby.
2: 2. How does the Note 2 spend work with Keep or Evernote? Is that nice for note-taking?
6: Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, as I was saying a moment ago... Uh, I use Keep a lot more now. I mean, Keep is one of my most frequently used apps on it.
2: A keeper, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Sorry. So all,
6: all, night. all night. Ask Google to tell you a joke.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. That was a good one, actually. Here, check this out. <laughs> uh, I hate that it's not in the Omnibox. You actually have to go to, to uh, Google.com. Google. Okay. Shh. Tell me a joke.
3: A day without laughter is a day wasted.
2: Thank you. It's very true. Very true, Google.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's
2: not, <laughs> not exactly a joke, but okay. <laughs> it's more of a philosophical, technological joke. Maybe it'll do haikus. Like... Oh. We're <laughs> we just going to sit here and F our Google all show. No,
0: That's... don't do that. I'm just <laughs>
2: Okay, so uh, yeah, the note two, good stuff, Google play, music, all access. If you sign up before June thirtieth, uh, I wrote an article about this. it might be up on tech page one sometime in the next week or two, uh it's free for a month, I believe, yeah, two weeks a month, something like that. now, maybe Richard, you can answer some of these questions i don't I don't know if if not, you know, don't worry about it, but it seems to me, and as an artist, I, I went through my two albums, *Escapegoats* and The Blame EP, and, and made them available for streaming. Uh, the cut is a little different. It's not your normal 70-30 that they do uh, with purchases. It's this weird convoluted equation that is like, take how many plays you got times how many people played it, divided by pi, r, square. It's It's a mess, but... That's, the point isn't to make money, obviously. It's to make music, right? So uh, I like that before on Google Play Music, I would look for albums and I would either buy them or I would allegedly go find them somewhere else then upload them to my account. With all access, it's like my Netflix model. I have it there if I want it, but if I want to download it, I can do that, but it's always going to be in the cloud and I pay my eight bucks a month and that's that. They have a thing that you can sync to device so you can play them offline even though you're not purchasing the music. You can say add to my library and then you can hit the push pin and that will sync it to your device. I tested it out, turned airplane mode on, cut all antennas off, and it's on the device. We can't find (laughs) where those MP3s are on the device, nor could we figure out a way to move those to an SD card.
0: Now, yeah, that's I, Richard, shockingly shocking.
3: Tell <laughs> us
2: about tell us about this, Richard, please.
0: Um, well, I'm sure that the deal with the media companies is that you know that when you download it to the device, it's not for you know you didn't buy it. You're doing the streaming thing. If you buy it, you can download it and you can get the MP3 and move it.
2: Right. Uh, so but, if but. if I have a bunch of these MP3s downloaded to my device and I cancel my subscription, do they magically disappear then? That's what I was kind of curious about, because they're on my device. Do they take them off of my device, or how does that work?
0: Well, I do have no do idea. you know?
2: You have no idea. Okay, well, thanks, no, Richard.
3: I'm going to make a bet, Matt, that it's not stored as MP3s. It's stored in, a, in some sort of local database file. So you were searching for MP3s that don't exist. Google Play is accessing this local database store, And if you ever stay offline, you'll be able to play them. But as soon as you reconnect or it syncs, done. But I bet you you're searching for the wrong type of file. You need to be able to find a local database that you read. Picture like a Derby database or something else.
2: That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. I bet you're right.
6: There's another similar question about that. Um, Because I think the the initial answer from everybody is that, you know, it's DRM protected content, so they, they can't let you store it on your device or stored on an external card and so on and so forth. But Google uh, Music allows you to upload your own library, and your own library can include, you know, music that you burned from CD way back in the day. Right. Or it can include music that's DRM-free. I know I've uploaded music that's DRM-free that I bought on Amazon. Right. So, you know, then the question was, what about that content? Why can't I keep that content on my device? And and Richard, I'm sure that's like exactly your department, right? You're the guy who said no to that? <laughs> no. I'm I'm yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: but it's on your device and you hit the push pin which brings it from the cloud to your device. But once it's there, you need to access it via their app. It's like playbooks. If I buy a book, and then I want to put it somewhere else. Like you need to log into this Adobe thing. And it, it's like, it's a big yeah. pain. Right. And there's like a
0: desktop music manager. Right. App. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, that you works go into
0: that. And you can download the songs that you buy or that you uploaded. Right. Whether you got them from Napster or whatever, but we're not like judgmental judge metal. Exactly. Like, well, I don't exactly. Know where you got
2: and they'll thing. match it. I mean, if I download something from Napster and Google scan and mm-hmm. matches, like I it's, they have it. So now I have it again.
0: And there are people that still have MP3s they got off Napster. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no.
1: Yes. You don't say that out loud. It was Morpheus.
0: Oh, 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 oh right. Okay. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> <And> <laughs> all
0: bought off Amazon MP3 on VRM. Writing. Legitimately. Yes. It's
3: my own CDs that were copied legitimately to digital format. Right,
2: so do you yeah. have any of you guys yeah. used the uh, all access yet? Is it just yes. Me and Patrick. What do you think of it, Ant?
1: Um, I'm a Spotify guy, so it's it's intriguing uh, that I could do this and save $2 a month. And a couple things that, I, that I've liked so far is the whole algorithm from the radio feature.
4: That I is good. I listen to it at
1: work, uh-huh. and you know I use the web interface. That's another plus. Instead of having to install a Spotify application or, I mean, a Google application, I can use the web interface, and it's doing a good job of, figuring out what I like and what I don't like kind of thing when it starts to play the radio. And um, remember last year I talked about having Spotify play on my home theater system. Right, right. And I had to do DLNA, set up a little virtual machine and all of that so I can get Spotify to play on my home theater through the Google TV. I don't have to do that now because since I have a Google TV, play music updated there.
2: Boom. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah, and it's all right there, and it has all of the same animations and, and you know album art and whatnot. It's that's nice. It's it's been rather rather convenient. I'll
2: tell you what, Aunt, I kind of wish I had a Nexus Q now because that almost would make sense. Adding yeah. that line, can I? I want one. Will you please send me? I'm, <laughs> I'm such a mooch, but for real, like I wanted one bad, and I think with all access, because that's what we do. We're Google Music here. I I think that would be great. And I'll tell you the like you mentioned the album art. You need a fast computer uh, on the, on our recording well, box I will, here. I will
0: give you one caveat: is it in my house? Or my, it didn't work very well just because my the TV was downstairs and the access point was upstairs, and there's some, the, the, the 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 signal must not be that great because every time I tried to play like you know Google Play movies that I bought, yeah, it would cut out. Choking, huh?
1: Yeah, we'll see, remember, I'm all hardwired.
0: Wireless signal—that's not a problem. I mean, I took it to my parents' house, used it there, worked fine. I just yeah, I'm
1: just talking
2: as far wired. as as far as processor power. Like, if you on the widescreen here, if you make the if you click the little box when it's playing, it'll maximize the album art and kind of move it around. It looks amazing, but it glitches the song. Like, it stutters because it's—I don't know what it is—if my computer's just that old or what, but it does not like playing it in full screen. Uh, on the Nexus 10 I was using it at work today just stream just streaming random random stuff and it the art looks beautiful on that screen and it plays yeah. just flawlessly like I'm it, I'm going to keep it I think I'm going to have my Netflix for my flicks and then I have my all access for my tunes and I'm set
4: I am I've set I've been playing with All Access too uh what do also you think? like Ant as a possible uh, alternative to Spotify I'm pretty heavily invested in Spotify. Though one thing that Spotify does for me is it will stream to uh, Logitech boombox devices I have at home. Nice. Yeah, it is nice. And I haven't found a way yet for Google Instant Access to stream to Logitech uh, to a Logitech uh, device. Um, you know, Logitech has this sort of open architecture, which means that somebody's probably going to program that for us but it hasn't appeared yet
1: right i um oh god i just lost my train of thought (laughs) (laughs) sorry no my my uh my issue with spotify well not issue but what i do like about spotify is how vast the library is and so i haven't necessarily tested um all-access yet, but I can remember goofing around with Spotify when I first signed up and just searching for the most obscure songs that popped up in my head, and bam, it was there.
2: I'll tell yeah. you, I, I'm i maybe one of the only ones here that didn't have an existing streaming service, like I was listening to just my MP3s, so I yeah. don't really have that aspect to compare it to, but I never wanted streaming service, because it was never good, this this makes me want to pay the eight bucks a month. Like, it's that good. I'm finding new stuff that I normally wouldn't have found, and it's it's right on. And uh, the other thing...
4: Uh... A good music subscription service is very cool for exactly that reason.
1: Yeah. You know, and so I'm wondering if I can go in there and search for Dario Marinelli's, Valerie. Oh, that's
2: the other thing I was going to say. Alexis will of, have it. <laughs> out of everything I've searched for, it's only had, I think, one artist that I couldn't find. Everything else, it's been like, boom, here, yeah. I'm going to Defcon in Vegas in August, and I know is going to be playing there. Haven't had a chance to get any of his albums. Boom. It's all right there. And this now you hit my nice. library, I hit pin to my device, tablet, phone, whatever, and I'm good to go. So I, I like I, it. They did really I, well.
4: I did a kind of unfair test, which was to use some of the more obscure music I've found on Spotify and see if the same music is available on Instant Access. Mike,
2: are you searching for exclusive Spotify artists on All Access and not finding it? And being like, Google,
6: you fail! (laughs) Busted! Busted, I got you. Oh. I think I think it does well in that area too. Actually, I, I mean I've used Spotify, I've used RDO, um, and I'm doing the same as you, Matt. I subscribed for the 7.99 a month with uh, All Access, and uh, I'm fine. I'm finding very little that I can't find on um, All Access, and I've like I've spent a lot of years in the UK, and I've searched for a lot of like old uh, soul bands, people like Sharon Nelson from Massive Attack and stuff. Oh, yeah. On uh, All Access, and I'm finding it just as much as I do on RDO or Spotify.
2: I found a brand new uh, – I listen to a lot of hip-hop. I like Aesop Rocks, one of uh, my one of my more favorite groups. He started a, a band with uh, Kimya Dawson called The Uncluded. Hokey Fright just came out a bit ago, and boom, it's there. And I'll tell you, best album art ever. I love that art. <laughs> it's so good. But so, like, I have – nice. What's up? Do they have Moxie Fruvis? No idea who that is, but I'm sure they do. No, I, I have I no mean, idea.
1: but This thing has even pulled up the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 soundtrack because and, I, I mean, put are on Zimmer.
2: If you're watching the live rerun here or the, the Hangout, I'm showing off the interface on the Nexus 10. Like This is the radio. Uh, everything is just beautiful. I'm it's just,
1: beautiful, man.
2: They did they did an amazing job. So you well, can, I think,
6: like Ant was saying, or I think you were saying at the beginning of this topic, um, I think it's radio feature works really well too. like, uh, yeah, even, on, sure. um, even on like Spotify. I, I remember times where I've it, like radio, when you pick an artist and right. I would pick someone like Macy Gray and like the third track would be Frank Sinatra or something. And it's like, yeah. what, how do the, and with all access, I'm not finding that I'm finding like if I do a, a radio station based on an artist, I don't have to skip anything for a long, long time. It's yeah. A yeah, isn't that stuff.
2: isn't that crazy? It's it's definitely got it down, Pat. Well, I wonder say. if
0: it informs that based on also like not just like 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 uh, actual text searches people have been doing over the years, right? Well,
2: I mean, I'm sure. I mean, we can test. Like I said, I have my stuff up there. So if you go to my scapegoats album and hit play radio, the the artist that it pulls up along with with me here, we have. Cypress Hill, Bass Nectar, Spongle, and Atmosphere, AK-1200. I mean, it's a good it's a good spread of hip-hop, drum and bass, you know, Atmosphere, pitch sampler, sound. I mean, all of it. It's all good stuff. I, I'm impressed. And music is a hard thing, I feel like, for even a, a computer people the same, to recommend to other people because we're so pretentiously picky with what we listen to you know it's 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 a hard thing to get right and well, I think it was i'd amazing say this is got better you to put
0: in the meta tags for your album along with all the other artists in the world it's amazing, it's
2: amazing. no it's amazing. we all you have to do that as an artist nice try richard nice try but as an artist we have to do all that crap and especially personally as an artist without a label you have to do a lot of that crap but Check it out. If you didn't want to buy my album, you can stream it for free right here on Google Play Music All Access. So good stuff. All right. uh, Moving on, what should we hit next? Larry, another undersea cable link between Cuba and Jamaica this time. Tell us about that. Uh,
5: It is on the air. I mean, it was installed some time ago. Now there's, there's a link from Cuba to Jamaica and a link from Cuba to Venezuela.
2: Nice. Uh, so if Cuba, if Cuba wants to go completely dark, they'll have to cut two cables this time.
5: Well, no, they both have the same landing point. I'm sure they oh. there's probably one switch. Drop an anchor
2: uh, right here. Anchor down. Go. Yeah. Right. It's right here, Matt.
3: It right. all connects. I've got it right here. Oh, nice.
2: Yeah, he's, it's actually a <laughs> Netgear.
3: It's a, uh, yeah, it's a TP-Link uh, five-port gigabit switch. They all just terminate right there. It's no problem. Good deal. <laughs> Good deal.
5: Uh, just... Don't pull the plug, okay, man. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> oh, I didn't plug in. Sorry. <laughs> I
5: love yeah, the no, IT course, crowd. You. <laughs> no, but they they do have cable and wireless is running the one from Jamaica, and uh, Telefonica from Spain is is carrying traffic on the other one. But the thing that happened really weird is that, um, it, like Renesis, the guys that are, that monitor all this stuff, they have these machines. They have a hundred machines spread around the world that that. Uh, that do telnets to 150, 150 million, 1.5 million m- machines around the world. And what what seems to have happened is that the instead of having a lot more quick traffic now going over cable, Telefonica's traffic, stuff stopped getting routed over Telefonica, and it's being routed through uh, Jamaica now. And so the net is, if you look at their data, there's there's less cable capacity, less traffic coming in, or less routes anyhow coming into Cuba than there were before on cable.
2: Well, can I just say, hey, man, welcome to the Internet. This is yachts, yeah. boy.
5: You can say, hey, man, but what, the trouble is, that the flaw of this whole Cuban thing is, even if there's tons of people, uh, you know, cables up the gazoo, There's no domestic infrastructure in Cuba.
2: So we have no Cuban listeners, is what you're saying? No no, Jamaicans at all? uh,
5: I guarantee you we have no Cuban listeners. Well,
0: in in India, a lot of the problems were that there was all from Hyderabad to Bangalore going through the undersea cables through the United States than it was through the infrastructure that was in India.
5: Yeah, well, that's how the Internet started out. Everything went across NSF net. I mean, we were the Internet backbone. (laughs) Right. Right. But uh, India's got a, India has quite a bit of uh you know every country except Cuba is building up infrastructure both within the country and also regionally but yeah. you're right uh some traffic like in back in the day for example if you wanted to uh traffic from two universities in Santiago Chile would go through the United States uh everything went through the US and
2: Europe <laughs> what were you going to say mike
3: no i missed it uh, keep right. going Okay. I was, <laughs> was, was going to say simply that we, you know, we're a big hosting, you know, we're a real job hosting provider, and a lot of our traffic comes from Brazil. We are a better access point for them than they are, like you said, inside their own country. But we, when I found when I was even down in South Africa is everybody was on 3G and 4G devices. There was no at-home infrastructure. It was all mobile hit a tower, and then you're on the Internet. There was, there was like you said, nothing you know, lying in your house like we're used to.
1: You know, Larry said that it was like that in South America at one time, didn't you say that in a few episodes back?
5: Yeah. What did I say? Uh, all like oh, South wow. America? No. Yeah,
1: there was a lot of three G, three G connectivity oh, down there, yeah, and Cuba? that was about it. No
5: way, two G, man.
1: Oh, two G, nice. okay.
5: even better. Yeah. Uh, no, Cuba is really uh, in bad shape, and it's really ironic because it back, again back to the really early days, the mid '90s, when Cuba. First, got their IP link in that time frame, and when it was UUCP instead of before IP, uh, Cuba was arguably the leader in, in the Caribbean region. And now they're just, they're behind AV. I mean, they've just totally gone down that drain. Wow.
2: Interesting. Uh, yeah. Ant, tell me about iPhone users and their satisfaction, please. I'm curious.
1: Well, I thought this was a fairly funny article because. It lists everybody as far as uh, uh, Apple's iPhones and, and BlackBerry and uh, uh, the Android users, and especially the Samsung folks. And it just says that they're right now, iPhone users are not as satisfied, based on a survey, as they were last year with their with their particular devices. Are
2: we talking actual device or carrier satisfaction? <laughs>
1: It said device, device. And, okay. that, and, and that was a valid question that I had is, like, who were they with? Right, because um, that matters you know, what, for
2: sure. Like, yeah. a slow carrier will make your device slow. Like, it's weird. It...
1: Who were they with, and, you know, what were they using? Were they using the, the, the five? Were they using the four? And you don't really get a lot of those stats, but it just makes me wonder. Is it that now things are changing with... the? Uh, People like Samsung and Microsoft well, check this out. getting I, more gimmicks.
2: I think if you put a graph, if you graph the the Apple user satisfaction next to uh, like how how their their devices have changed through time, user satisfaction is going this way down. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. their changes is just this like straight line that kind of goes up. Like they're not. They're not right. coming out with anything great that people are like, oh, my God, I have to have this one. We're at the point with our technology that, like, what else are you going to do to it? You know, these, you know And these even, are
1: great. even still looking at this graphic that they provided, it, it's only, you know, minus two percent compared to last year. So, I mean, it's not huge, but it's enough to make all of the the fanboy or well, I shouldn't say fanboys. The yes, haters you should. Of Fan the Apple sphere.
2: They're calling saying,
1: "Oh well, look at them. They're taking a bit. They're taking a hit." You know, and then you look down at BlackBerry. You know, the five people that use the <laughs> BlackBerry phones are still happy. Zero you percent know? change. Yeah. No <laughs> change whatsoever. Awesome. You know, but I but I was curious. You know, I wonder what it is is making folks even consider that they're not as satisfied. Is it because of Stuff like the whole Jedi phone or... Is it gimmick?
2: I have to hope that it's not just this stupid gimmick.
1: Well, I mean, it's... Honestly, I have no desire to get the S4, but they're selling that thing like hotcakes, man. They've sold 50 million of them.
6: And which... But but there's a point in there um, in terms of how the media spins some of this stuff as well. With Mm -hmm. the S4... There have been a lot of reports about man. It's amazing. It's selling so great. It sold 10 million units in a month. Yes. The iPhone 5 sold uh, three million units. No, five million units in three days. See. (laughs) And the and the reports were it's not selling as well as expected.
1: You know. So
6: I mean, there's an element here where uh, over the last few months, you know, I mean, Apple stock price has obviously been tanking. And you know, I, I think a lot of it is the media is just kind of pouring in and saying Apple doesn't innovate anymore. They haven't invented anything new. You know, and the, the thing with the phone sales numbers, that's just crazy.
1: It's a matter of time, if you ask me, as far as the whole innovation goes. And it's not just on cell phones. Um, I mean, look at the, the Xbox One announcement. You know, it, what is so different about that from a PlayStation? You know what I mean? I mean, is everything just about gimmicks?
5: Yeah. And maybe the reason people say they're dissatisfied a little bit with Apple is it's not... It's just there's getting so much hype behind Samsung. Maybe they think they're missing out. But
2: check this out. Whose fault is it that it's all about the gimmicks? Because they tested it and made some gimmicky crap and people went crazy for it. So they're like, ooh, let's keep doing this. Personally, me and Ant, we want the S4 Developer Edition because it's clean jelly clean. bean. I'm not using my upgrade on an S4 on Verizon because it's crap. You yeah. put so much crap on it. Like, I don't, I will keep my old slow ass G Nex until I can find something else because you put so much crap. That's how much I don't want TouchWiz. I want yeah. a pure experience. You guys aren't normal
5: users. I mean No, not
2: there. at all. And I, I mean I gave my mom the Transformer Prime with cyanogen mod nightly on it. And like I went back there and gave her a lesson on it. And it's it's hard for them to to get that, you know? It's I don't know what you do in in that situation.
1: Well, I mean, Larry, yeah, we're not your regular consumers and whatnot. Of course. But my mother I'm I gave my mother a Kindle Fire, an old Kindle Fire, for Mother's Day. Okay, and I handed it to her with the Amazon stock system on it. Nice. She said, said goof off with it, do what you want with it. And the whole time she fussed about how slow it was and how it didn't <laughs> didn't move and this and that. Did you mention that it was
2: a hundred dollars?
1: You know, I, I, and I knew she was going to say that. And I said, okay, we'll give it here. Let me go over here to the computer. We get it rooted and put jelly bean on it. And man, she raved about it. I got three text messages from my mom. Nice. About that thing.
4: That's cool. <laughs> That's
1: nice yeah. work, brother. And yeah.
4: mom texts him. I love it. <laughs>
1: texts. Yeah, nobody calls me. They know I hate talking on the phone. We
2: gotta get your mom to FaceTime or to G chat with hangout? To hang out with my mom on the front. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to call it now, Christ. It's
1: hangout now. Hangout. Hang out. I like
2: it. I like it. We'll talk about we got, that. We got to
5: get your mom's on the so we get the normal person
2: input. I know, right? I know. <laughs> I know. Well, speaking of Android devices, who's got the rant about the 16 gig device with 4 gig of actual uh what is it? The uh, the Arcos 4 gig tablet? Like who wants to rant? Bring it. Oh, Patrick. That's bring it. Yeah,
6: that's, I, I just think um It's it's not all Android devices, obviously, Um, but there are some out there. The the Galaxy Note Eight is one of them, which which actually I think is an awesome tablet. By the way, I think it's a really sweet tablet. It's the nicest tablet I've seen apart from the iPad Mini. Nexus Uh, Ten,
2: telling you, Nexus Ten, smoke that thing.
6: I use the Nexus. I use the Nexus. Well, I mean, use the Nexus Ten. I use the Nexus Seven. Nah, totally different. Two
2: apples and oranges, bro.
6: Okay, well. Anyway, I, I love the Galaxy Note 8. It's, it's fast, it's smooth, it's a really, really nice device. But the one thing that's terrible about it is it's supposed to be a 16-gig device. You can't buy any bigger, in the U.S. at least. 16-gig, out-of-the-box, available to you is like 9.6. So <laughs> it's not that far away from 50% taken up by TouchWiz.
2: TouchWiz. 50 gigs, TouchWiz.
6: Yeah, what, I mean, yeah, it's, it, that just strikes me as really dumb. And then, yeah, I put in the notes. You know, Then this week I saw uh, Arcos announced a new tablet. They're trying to get into the Android tablet market. And the thing has 4 gig of storage. It has 4 <laughs> gig of internal storage. And, and the thing that really pisses me off is that it has that stupid line next to it where it says, you know, expandable up to 64 gig with a, with a, you know, with a card. And that's bullshit, yeah, <laughs> the card doesn't let you install apps on it, nope. and the card doesn't even make it easy to install music on it, you know you what,
2: Patrick? I feel your pain. my girlfriend has a Howie ascend, and we tried to put a SD card in it, and she still can't run apps because the onboard there's not there's nothing there, you know, and right. she's I'm like trying to show her all these cool things Android does, and you know, I finally made her an account on the Nexus ten, so she has one, but on the phone, it's like impossible if you don't have storage. Yeah. And, I mean, you can live in the cloud all you want. These apps live on your device, and some of nah, them are large. I mean, I, mean, I honestly large.
6: think it's like borderline false advertising. It is, right? It, Class it, action, right now. Class it, action. It, and here's at plus expandable storage. When they then take up, you know, with, on devices where they take up almost 50% of that available storage before you ever touch it, And then they say it's animal storage on a card where you can't put apps. That, to me, is like right there close to false advertising.
1: If you file a suit, I back you up. (laughs) We can get paid. No, but I've seen similar instances, not necessarily up to 50%, but if you look at the Ultrabooks out there uh, to have these SSDs, you know, most SSDs aren't terribly large but they're running Windows 7 or Windows 8 and it's taking up a fairly large footprint on that SSD right out the box. You know, I had a I had a friend of mine, he's he got an ultrabook and he's like, "Man, I had X amount of gigs when I bought this thing, and I just got it yesterday. Where'd all my storage go? And sure enough, it had a recovery partition. Hey, Ant, and, and
2: wasn't wasn't there a story a bit ago about the Surface tablets saying they were yes. 64 gig, yeah, but then were, coming go, with uh, like eight gigs or something? It was like a ridiculous amount yeah. that that Windows or whatever they were Surface
6: was um, the, the, the Surface RT. Is that what it was? Pro isn't so bad, but the Surface RT was terrible for the ratio of actual yeah. available space. And, like, what do you do at
2: that point, right? Like,
6: you're it
2: you, you, yeah.
1: you get your receipt, and you take it back and to the store. you take it
2: back. <laughs> you re it, as we say in the industry.
1: <laughs> but, no, I, I I totally feel your pain on that, Patrick. It's, it's it's asinine. And what's the point of being able to put the SD card in if you can't necessarily access it as easily as you want So to?
2: that's a good point. Who's Who's... Responsibility is that then? Is that the app designer to make that compatible, or is that the way the OS is handling it? Or like I blame that on you, the
1: OS myself, not the app itself. I blame it on the OS
2: because the capability is there though in the
1: OS. You see the that with capabilities there, but if you're rooted, we had to root so, it. Yeah. You know, granted, I'm all about rooting, but it should be... But not
2: everybody is (laughs) at all. It
1: it should be a fairly simple switch to say, okay, I want to put this on storage B instead of storage A.
6: Right. Especially when you're the OS that makes fun of Apple for being closed. Nah, that's... You should be able to do that. Sounds like
2: somebody's got a a sore...
6: uh, (laughs) All right, (laughs) moving on. I I consider myself (laughs) to be pretty switzerland by now I'm, I'm yeah you're uh you're ambiguous stuff, but, but that's true though i mean you can't continually tease apple about being closed and then do things that are very closed over on your platform
1: oh for sure this is true bro
6: you're ambidextrous
4: I
2: can. there you go all right <laughs> uh i think that's about it was there anything else anyone wanted to really talk about oh we should say when we talked about the I.O. stuff, we skipped pretty much right over the Google education thing. And Larry, this is huge. And what they demonstrated, I'll mention, uh, I'll tell you what they, they showed off at I.O. was this, this interface that was set up for teachers by grade and all that. And with like one or two clicks, you're installing things on all of your students' tablets. And that is awesome, I think. But uh, yeah. what what do you think, Larry?
5: Is this he- I Richard? think Google, if they would listen to me, hey, are you listening to this, man?
2: Richard, <laughs> uh, listen uh, to Larry. Listen to me, Richard. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> um, put this done. over hey, next to time the loudspeaker. You see Larry and Sergey, <laughs> you know, guys,
5: they have—they're uh, in a position to really take over education. Uh, as much as I've been bitching about Hangouts, they've got Hangouts, they've got the apps, they've got the drives, they've got an open-source. Uh, you know, MOOC deli- development and delivery platform. Uh, where is Google YouTube for educators? It's Google I mean, Scholar. They're in a, they're in a position to do something really terrific. And I think this, this app store, um, it's just what you say. Uh, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's going after high school. It's very well defined by grade level and subject. Uh, so you'll be able to go right to where you want. They're doing a funny marketing thing though is, um, if a school wants to get in on this, they have to buy the, they get the tablets and everything from, uh, the, you know, they get. The, it's a school license kind of a deal for the for the software. But uh, no, I think Google, uh, I hope they have big plans for education.
2: Hey, let me ask you, Larry, do you see this replacing textbooks? Is this going to be the new textbook?
5: Oh, hey, listen, <laughs> I just gave a talk the other day uh, where I make the point that I think it was, if I recall, it was 19... 19- Ninety-four, I wrote a paper in Communications, the ACM, where I boldly predicted that, that um, you know that modular teaching objects would definitely replace all textbooks throughout the world. And I've been wrong now for over 20 years. But yeah, <laughs> I still think that it's going to happen. That's a hit.
2: Um, I'd call it a hit. You're no they, Sylvia Brown, well, but that's a hit, bro. You put a
5: date on it. I mean, text, so. you know, the thing I didn't realize, <laughs> textbooks... Works so well for lazy teachers and, and overworked teachers. You know, if, textbook, it's such an
2: outdated Larry. That is part. such an outdated model hey, that you can't you're, update
5: you're, textbooks. Come on. I, listen, man, you're talking to Mr. Teaching Module. Uh, but like I say, the world hasn't caught up with me. I don't use any textbooks. Everything I teach is uh, my own hand-built teaching modules. Um, and there are, you know, I can. I'll send you all a link to a presentation that I gave the other day um, talking about this. But, but you know, it's people like the Khan Academy, people like this Google Store uh-huh. now. You know, people are going to be building modular material. Uh, textbooks will, in fact, someday – I don't know if they'll ever die. But anyhow. Paper is <laughs> a really
2: good way to permanently store some stuff. But it is a terrible way – for something like science that is constantly evolving, constantly needing to be updated, if you want to be most effective in teaching your kids like you have to have the newest information or they're they're going to go on the internet and be like, "Uh, teacher, the book here says that there's protons, neutrons, and electrons, and the internet says there's like quarks and strings and shit <laughs> like what are we what are we doing here you know and
5: and, and the Soviet Union." And the, yeah, thing.
2: like, are we still in the Cold War? Because Google says Korea has nukes now. So, yeah. to, uh, to be fair,
5: like, there are all kinds of like, uh, Nature Publishing took a took a really good shot at a uh, at a modular but like, pulled together textbook kind of a thing. Uh, though it hasn't sold worth a shit, as far as I can see. I I thought it was going to be a big hit too for uh, Intro to Biology and Intro to Chemistry. Um, but you're right. Uh, printed textbooks will definitely go away. Well, and even, I mean, even To the great right extent, they have. I mean, most of the publishers of printed textbooks now, you can get them in machine-readable form. Right, for
2: right. Piece. But, uh, think but think about
5: the... Same old textbook, just
2: repurposed. Think it's about so the so. interactivity that you can incorporate with a rich media device as opposed to just flat paper. I mean, you can make a pop-up book or 3D with glasses, sure, but if you have a tablet, like, you can make full 3d models that come apart of anatomy i mean there's there's so many I mean, it's endless possibilities of what this well can and what do. about
0: all the ideas about like byod for school right yeah.
6: there you go yeah
0: yeah you know like, uh, did uh, did you had, you
6: had, like what patrick you low-tech reasons as well um and i bet you uh appreciate this one i have a, i have a 10 year old daughter she carries a backpack that weighs more than she does. Yeah, no Do doubt. you
2: remember that back in the day? If you could carry a tablet that had
6: all your books on it, that would be amazing. Dude, seriously. I mean, my girl gets, has days where her shoulder, you know, she's <laughs> injuring her shoulder and her back. I bet I was backpack.
2: one of those kids that never used my locker. Like, I carried what I needed in my bag with me. And, man, I tell you, it's, yeah. it's not a fun walk, you know? huh? Yeah. So yeah, all right, well, hey, that was a that was a great episode. Is there anything we really need to hit that we didn't? I think that's it. Looks it. Looks about stuff, it. James. All right, well, Aunt Pruitt, Mister Point and Shoot, great hangout uh, last Thursday. By the way,
1: thank you, thank you. It's good stuff, man. The community is really. Doing it up over there, smartphone photographers here on Google+. Plus. That's right.
2: And I'll tell you, this week's contest is a good one. Tons of amazing entries. It's a, a black and white skyline contest. And I'll tell you, we got I finally
1: took my shots tonight on my way home. I drove did by uh, a couple areas in Charlotte, and I finally took some shots and hope nice. to edit them tomorrow morning and have them submitted for the, for the contest. I hope I, they
2: don't disqualify mine because there is really no skyline because we don't have – Buildings here. <laughs> it's well, all that's, like that's grass huts
1: and shit. It's art, man. It's right? all about the Did point of Did you see view. the
6: ones I posted? They're, they came out all I right. I saw one of yours this morning. That was quite nice looking.
1: Yeah, I saw one earlier.
2: Let me see if I can uh, pull these up real quick like y'all. I I'm still learning the new interface, but I know if you hit events and then it loads and
1: then Get it loads... It. And then so it's still said, loading. Hold
2: on, and <laughs> that
1: happens to me every week. Before here we go. We, here we go. go to home.
2: Here we go. Black and white skyline photo challenge. And here I'll just share the screen. You guys can kind of take a gander Let's at see. what uh, what we're looking at here. Some nice Alice Saunders posting up some nice some beach. Yeah.
1: These Good. things are amazing. Aren't they
2: nice. Smartphone
1: I mean, cameras, folks. I
2: know. Isn't that – that's amazing. Yeah. I'm actually uh, – here's one. This one's my favorite, the one that I took, right? Right, here.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, do you ever use
5: a camera camera anymore or just your smartphone?
1: I've never been able to afford a camera, so I never got in the mode to buy one. I mean, I could afford one now, but I just don't have the desire anymore. I've seen what these things could do with a little bit of patience and, and – and, know how you know yeah
2: that's awesome all right let's wrap it up yet another texture.com that's the site for the show all the google plus facebook twitter subscribe we're on stitcher all that stuff is on the site uh ant pruitt why a gnu a gnu domain
1: yes a gnu domain that's a g n u domain.com for your free open source software and linux uh discussions and updates and news and uh if you want to join our team just hit me up let, let me know
2: yeah if you're open source it get up on it and write for it it's good it's a totally cool name for
1: it yeah this is a good
2: call for it's sure. a great name uh larry press we'll put links to your blog of course mike rothman you're writing over on a new domain a new domain.com
4: that's right and also uh techpage1.com.
2: That's right. Patrick Jordan, iPad Insights. Correct. And 247Tablets.com as well now. Nice. I
1: might have to start writing. 247Tablets, is that what you said?
2: Yeah.
6: Is that new? Yeah. Is that new? What is it? Tell us. Uh, It's kind of my baby little site. I've had it up for a while. Um, It's just a place where I write about uh, devices that I'm using that are not iPads, basically. I've been running an iPad site for a long time and... uh, yeah. Nice. I might,
2: devices. I might have to write something for that. That sounds interesting. I like that. No, That'd be topics. great. Hell yeah. Yeah. Richard Hay, a How old is
0: Tim Duncan? No, Thirty seven.
1: That's about my age, Amy. <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: sorry. I'm just doing the little Google searchy thing. Google search for porn. <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing that.
2: I am. Google. <laughs> no. Where are you writing, Richard Hay?
0: Uh, yeah, I write for a new, a new domain.net uh, occasionally. I <laughs> I'm
2: detecting this. a pattern here. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> awesome.
2: I'm Matt Lee. I got hip hop up on Google Music, play.google.com. Just search for Matt Lee. Uh, attack of the I just got an article about two factor authentication up on Dell's Tech Page mm-hmm. One. I love the title Two Factor or Not Two Factor. There is <sighs> no question. So check out that article. I'm pretty proud about that. And actually, from that article, we have an interview coming up in a couple weeks, I believe. His name is, well, he's the guy that works for Strikeforce Technologies. Uh, They're all about the two-factor auth. He read my article and said, you know, we've been talking about this since the early 90s. You know, (laughs) and he's like, uh, yeah, he wanted to to get on the show and and talk to us about it. So that'll be interesting. We'll have him on the 29th. So uh, next week, check that out. It'll be uh, George Waller. He's the EVP and co-founder of Strikeforce. So should be an interesting interview. Uh, leave us a message, 406-204-4687. Email the crew at yetanothertechshow.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Write us a review. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace. Good night, all. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. to
3: yet another tech show check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com